Hello, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. My name is Vry Kaiser. I'm a contributor and editor for Anime Feminist. And with me for this particular episode, I have three guests. Uh, Jacob, if you want to go first. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Jacob Chapman. I'm the uh, assistant editor, associate editor at uh, Anime News Network. And uh, I'm a trans man. Uh, so if that, you know, <laughs> so if they we're sort of... Uh, mentioning our pronouns and stuff like that, which means I'm a dude, so, you know, he, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, mostly I, I run editorial for Anime News Network, any uh, reviews or interviews or uh, that sort of thing as you go up on site. I probably had my finger in it to some extent doing copy editing or producing the piece or whatever, whatever it may have you. And, uh, yeah, happy to be on this podcast. Cool, cool. Kayla, how about you? Hi, uh, I'm Kayla Coates. I run a YouTube channel called Keiko Cat, where I do anime, video game, and other stuff analysis. Um, I am a trans feminine woman-ish non-binary-ish so she and they are my preferred pronouns. Um, Check out my Twitter there's a lot of really bad memes. (laughs) And Matt how about you? Hi I'm uh, Matt Thorne. I'm an associate professor uh, in the faculty of manga at Kyoto Seika University uh, and I'm also a I guess a long-time translator of manga, uh, and I'm also a trans woman who doesn't transition, which uh, can be confusing for people, but my preferred pronouns are she and her. Thank you. Wonderful. And I always forget to mention it, but uh, I personally am non-binary and use they-them pronouns. Uh, The reason... I mean, these are all just great accomplished people who I'm happy to be talking to, but we especially wanted to gather together... uh, trans individuals to talk about our subject today, Wandering Sun, which was a manga that ran from 2002 to 2013, and an anime adaptation which aired in 2011 and had 12 episodes, although the television version actually uh, edited two together and aired 11. Uh, The story involves a group of uh, students as they go through grade school all the way up to high school graduation and centers around Shuichi Nitori, uh, who is described as a boy who wants to be a girl, so a trans girl, and Yoshino Takatsuki, described as a girl who wants to be a boy, and their friends and struggles of self-identification and awkward middle school feelings it's a slice of life, basically. And I wanted to give a heads up that As per usual with our series retrospect episodes, there will be spoilers, both for the anime and the manga. Uh, So, first of all, I wanted to start with uh, all of you. What are your personal experiences with the manga? Uh, Matt, it might be most germane to let you go first, seeing as you were heavily involved in the translation effort. My, uh, uh, are you asking specifically about about Wandering Sun or manga in general, or? Um, well... I, we should get to Wandering Sun eventually, but if you want to give us a little bit of an idea of how you got into translating, that would be cool. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, I, um, <clears throat> I started translating in 1990 uh, for what was then called Viz Comics, um, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I, I got into manga because of, uh, I, when I was, I think, 22, I read... The Heart of Thomas by Hagiomoto, mm. uh, which you may know is about boys in love with boys. But um, 
that kind of blew my mind away and uh and i suppose changed my life if i hadn't read that i wouldn't be here uh literally i would not be in this country probably but um uh so i've been translating manga for a long time and particularly trying to get uh shoujo manga or or uh, girls and, and women's manga out to there into the english world uh, but I took a break from translating about 10 years because we were so busy with the making our manga program at Seika. Uh, but now I'm back into it. And uh, as you know, I've been, I was translating uh, Wandering Sun for Fantagraphics. And uh, unfortunately, as you know, sales were not so great, uh, uh, which is a topic in itself. But um so we had to stop after volume nine. Yeah, I um, I know that you did an interview with Amelia, so I don't want to get too deep into the technicalities of things mm-hmm. that you also discussed in that podcast. But I do want to come back to that. Okay, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Kayla, what about uh, you? Your personal experience with the manga or the anime or both? Sure. Um, I'd like to preface this by saying that I do own all nine volumes of the uh localized manga so the expensive hardcover <laughs> manga they're so beautiful the expensive, um, but gorgeous yeah and your translation is impeccable um so i uh transitioned in 2011 when uh well i started my transition then so right when the anime was airing um I've been a huge fan of anime and manga since I was in elementary school, actually. Um, And this was the first time I had watched something where um, any sort of character that was transgressing uh, gender boundaries wasn't relegated to, you know, a position of villainy or used as a joke. Um, And it's also one of the first times I had seen gender transgressing individuals uh, who were uh, treated realistically and didn't have some sort of, you know, magical aspect uh, tied to uh, their gender transgression, i.e., you know, uh, fisheye and those characters from uh, Sailor Moon. So um, it was really sort of serendipitous that I watched the anime right as I had started taking HRT. Mm. And um, it was a a very emotional uh, few weeks for me as I was watching this. Mm. But um, Shuichi's uh, sort of uh, coming to terms with her identity uh, was really, really sort of mirrored a lot of my experiences. It was a a pretty special thing. And after I finished watching the uh, show, I went out and um, sought out the, the manga and uh, read the entire thing. Jacob, how about you? Uh, so I actually, I have not read the manga, um, unfortunately, but I have seen the show. And, sure, uh, sure. <clears throat> but, uh, so my reaction to it, I, I believe I saw part of Wandering Sun, jeez, uh, around around the years that it came out, um, long before I, I had come out, I started transitioning in 2015. I, have to, I remember there's a big gap between when I actually started transitioning and when I told people. So I think it was, but I think it was 2015 when I actually began. And um, uh, let's be try to thought. Oh right, so uh, so I'd seen the the show many years before, and I hadn't really finished it. I think at the time I was I thought it was very interesting, but I uh, it was a little bit too slow paced for me, and I think I was more into things that had a little bit more punch to them and, and were less slice of life. So, but I came back to it. Uh, 
but I came back to it afterwards. Uh, basically, when I was going to, I was going to interview uh, the man that directed *Wandering Sun*, A. Aoki, and uh, so in preparation for that interview, I watched the whole show, and. Um, uh, uh, my my reaction to it was uh, of course a lot of familiarity, but there's also there was also some some alienation to it because of the uh, the cultural differences in uh, how uh, in in how people perceived and uh, treated their their uh, their ideas of gender dysphoria in Japan and also what kind of what they expected of it. I guess the biggest thing to me is that the the way the anime concludes, which is very different from. Uh, I assume the manga is that they sort of come to full terms with their gender dysphoria and their identity, and then they sort of resolve to, uh, well, okay, but I'll have to grow up, quote unquote, normal to some extent. Like I'll I'll have to accept that these that this dream is a dream and it's not unreal because of that, but I, I have to kind of put it up against the reality of of, uh, of reality because they talk about transition in terms of like surgeries and expensive surgeries and stuff like that and you know hormone treatment doesn't come up the the nuances of what we know about gender dysphoria um, now don't really come up but it's uh, but it doesn't make any of the uh, of any of the pre stuff any of the the childhood uh, feelings like any less relatable and and all that stuff was extremely like familiar and relatable even though they don't spend a whole lot of time on the trans male character so uh, it wasn't necessarily like one to one with my experience but like um, but the uh, but the other stuff that I that I noticed um, uh, throughout uh, not just with the the two trans female characters but also some of the other uh, characters who kind of like either enjoy cross-dressing or you even have this one guy who was like the closest thing to a villain in the show there's not really one who was like sort of a future chaser I guess you could say like he's, uh, he's just kind of a dick he's he's kind of a dick and he's, he's he's but he's characterized as somebody who is like sort of awakening to like specifically an attraction to to trans women um, mm-hmm. which is certainly a thing and uh, you know basically a lot of nuance there's a lot of different characters to talk about uh, it's not just like a character study on one or two people so anyway as that's a long way of getting around to saying that um, I didn't, it wasn't, I guess my reaction to it wasn't sort of the, um, oh, this is me sort of a thing, because that, that wasn't, uh, because it wasn't me, it was so much, it, it was just a familiarity with the many different types of people that the show was exploring and the issues, and, and basically how, how Japan's attitudes toward that might differ toward how we would treat the story, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a story about um, somewhat frustratingly sometimes I think, and I, you can you can chalk some of it up to, you know, of course cultural difference and also the time when it was made, uh, because it it, it had it did run for over a decade and the anime aired two years before the manga actually finished, uh, but also there's a heavy heavy emphasis on presentation is clothes that I think is is interesting and as far as boy, do I want to come back to the trans-masculine characters thing. Oh, boy, do I want to come back to that. <laughs> um, but but personally speaking, I, I get what you're saying, I think, because this is very much a prestigious manga of, eh, it's the trans one, it's the trans issues manga. And, and that can be, you know, I, I think a lot of people who watch it uh, do have at least points of, ah, yes, that is me. But it can also be very intimidating in terms of, oh, is this just going to be a, a very special episode in long page format? Um, so I kind of read it on a fluke at home visiting my local library. I picked up the first three volumes of the the very nice translation and uh, sat in a reading room and promptly broke down crying in public uh, very unexpectedly. It's it's one of the things actually that, that frustrates me about the anime is so many of the things that I found 
very raw and touching about the manga are things that are alluded uh, to or skimmed over entirely in the anime, uh, which is unfortunate. Sadly, uh, I haven't actually even. Mm? Please go on. Oh, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I, I, I'm the uh, in the reverse position of Jacob because I, I haven't seen the anime. I, I'm kind of surprised to, to hear how 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 it's been described. I didn't realize it was that different from. The, yeah, yeah. From the the, the anime solely covers the middle school portion, uh, and, and of course, it aired before a lot mm. of the high school stuff was wrapped up. But it alludes to some of their grade school things, but doesn't cover them, and only very occasionally has flashbacks. Mm. Even a lot of it is in dialogue. Yeah, to 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 elucidate the, mm. the differences very directly, like it begins at the start of middle school. They kind of say, they mention maybe elementary school, but it is like, there's not even a full flashback. It's just maybe they'll mention something that happened in elementary school. And then it ends with mm. the uh, the middle school play, the second one, where uh, Shuichi plays the lead, mm. uh, the the I Am A Girl play. Mm. And it ends, it, it ends like on that performance. He steps on on a stage, or she, she steps on a stage, and um, it ends, the, the curtain falls. So that's pretty much mm. the entirety of the anime. So that's what I'm familiar with. So this should be interesting. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of drama after that <laughs> and before that and honestly I think there is a good conversation to be uh, had in terms of not just what the anime chooses to cover but what it chooses to leave out specifically but first I do want to touch a little bit on the fact you mentioned uh, or you alluded to unfortunately the manga is no longer being published in English because of low sales and I, the hardcover editions are beautiful, but I am so often frustrated by that fact because this isn't a niche, a very long niche series that unfortunately has a very high price mm. tag. And that often saddens me because right. it makes it hard to, it, or when it was available, it made it hard to recommend to people. So if you could shine some light on, on mm. the process of publishing it and bringing it over and the decisions that were made, I'd love that. Um, yeah, the... the um... The, the the price point pretty much with most of Fantagraphics books they have really low print runs they have they they each each you know volume will sell only a, a fairly small number and in order to make any kind of profit they have to have the price proportionally high per unit I mean this is the way it works uh, in in Japan you've got massive publishers that are that can and put out really cheap paperbacks because of the volume. You know, they they put out so many that they can have really low uh, price for for each volume, for each uh, copy. So, so that's that's what we we are stuck with. And and Fantagraphics tries to compensate with that with with quality. Mm -hmm. You know, we just try to make things really good. But of course, I mean, it, it's. The irony is that trans people are famously poor. You know, so, we're all extremely broke. <laughs> because I right, can attest right, to this. Trans people are, are famously poor. So because you know the expenses of transitioning, the uh, uh, discrimination in in work workplace, you know, on and on and on. So so it's 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 not anything that I. Can do anything about. It. I don't think there's anything. Good no, no, absolutely really do not. About it, I don't. Uh, I don't because, mean to apply but, that. Um, it's just but, disappointing. But but it is. It is just really, you know, a bitter irony that 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 there's this this <laughs> work out there that is really not accessible, uh, at least in our in our format. You know, 
yeah. for a lot of trans people. I actually had wondered if uh, they had considered any kind of digital output because that would that feels like a lot of manga distribution is heading that way. I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there there are economic reasons for this, but but Fantagraphics is really uh, reluctant to go to go digital, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure they have their reasons, but I haven't really heard their reasons in in detail. Mm-hmm. But you know, so. I mean, it seems like it seems like the obvious choice, but yeah, because it would be great to have those last six volumes, which is, you know, largely the stuff past what the anime covers, or yeah, even right, and because the mon- or the anime covers, and it's also frankly go on, please. Go oh ahead. no, I was just going to say I I was actually self correcting. I think the anime covers through early volume eleven, but please continue. Oh okay, I, I was I was um. <laughs> Just going to say that that that's it's after that it's really late in the series, frankly, that that uh, Shimura starts to do some research oh. because <laughs> I, I'm sure I mean you probably you probably felt this as you were reading it, but but she was really basically winging it for for more than half the series, and then finally I think she starts to do some research, and she finally at the end puts in a, a really realistic trans uh, character. Uh, who, who isn't just you know a, a beautified um, you know pretty child <laughs> and and um, that is definitely frustrating. That that's one of the great cuts from the anime is that they cut Yuki meeting um, Shuichi and uh, mm. Yoshino. Whereas in the manga, it's this horrific moment of oh the trans woman is a sexual predator. Why have you done this? Why have you done this in this otherwise very oh. sweet trying to be good? manga oh i i am yeah yeah i wasn't talking about yuki although i mean yuki is yuki is realistic i think yuki is realistic i, I was thinking of uh oh, I, f- I forgot her name uh, i know who you're the, talking about the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the married married and she has a daughter right or a... right 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 i mean that that's 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 a very real portrayal of of uh, a trans woman coming out late in life uh and you know it's messy and and um and it's not it's not a, it's not pretty <laughs> and, but that's but that but that character i thought was important to introduce you know absolutely because may i uh, cut in for just been, a second so, please, do. please do um i i haven't reread the manga uh in a while but i do remember once we got to that character the middle-aged trans woman i remember having this sense that um while she was pretty well-rounded, it felt almost like she was being used as this sort of narrative tool uh, to make mm. Shuichi a little bit scared of transition, right? Like, oh no, this is what I could become. Mm. I could become this sort of ridiculed, uh, mm. I, I don't want to say it because I don't believe it personally, but ugly person. Right, but, uh, but, but you know, that's, that's the reality, right? I mean... Uh that's 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 what a lot of us face and uh and have to have to think about so it's realistic i think to have suichi have to have to confront that sort of possibility because it's a for most people it's a it's a big you know it's it's a it's it's not something you can just ignore i mean i I suppose if you have like such supreme self-confidence that you really don't care at all what other people think that would be you know it wouldn't bother you but yeah, and it's uh, to, to rope in the anime a little anyway. bit, just just so we can all sort of th- 
throw in our two cents. That is, I think, one of the most effectively harrowing scenes is when Shuichi decides to come to school in her female presentation. And that is that is a gut-wrenching mm, yeah. moment. Oh, God, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, that's, and then she's sort of traumatized for, for, for two volumes, I think, uh, after that, yeah. As, as you know, and that, that, that was, that was, I think, realistic too. It was, and it was different from, from when, uh, Takatsuki did it because the, and that's simply the reality of, uh, different perceptions of, of a so-called girl in drag and a, and a so-called boy in drag. And I think, uh, that, uh, that's the first time that Shuichi has really come, because Shuichi's a child, it's the first time that he's really, or she's really come to terms with, uh, that reality is, um, is when she shows up mm. to school and it's, it's like, well, I don't understand, Takatsuki did this every day and everybody thought it was cool. And not even, and Takatsuki, like, Takatsuki right. has, has gender dysphoria, but, like, um, uh, the cool character, Shima, Shimada, is that her name? Uh, uh a- Chichan. Yes. Yeah, Chichan. Chichan, and uh, she's you know she's very obviously very confident in in her in her womanliness, but she's sort of uh what do you, what do you call it um she's sort of like the uh, the Takarazuka sort of um, extremely masculine presenting woman because she's because she's either a lesbian or she's just very confident in her femininity and thinks it looks it's cool to dress sort of like a boy occasionally, and right, right. <laughs> and both of these are totally okay. Everybody's like, oh, that's fine, and they don't really know that uh, Takatsuki is struggling with these feelings of uh, being male, um, but both of those are totally fine. But for Shuichi to, to come and address is 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 considered unacceptable, and it's the first time that she's sort of encountering that bias. Right. And isn't really sure what to do with mm. it. It's sort of a you know it's a it's a little bit of a reality breaker for her right. because because I think Shuichi's and I think this is the thing right. that is reinforced at least in the anime a lot is that Shuichi's personality is very um, uh, she, she's very head in the clouds. And I think and one of the reasons that the, the mm. th- biggest thing yeah. that separates for yeah. her from Takatsuki. Uh, the trans male character is that Takatsuki only thinks of this stuff in terms of the physical realities of it. He's, he's not like, oh, if I were a boy, I would be like this, like strong, cool, like mm. handsome. Like uh, mm. he never thinks about it that way. He's just like, oh, I think this is this is what I mm. am, and this is what I have to deal with, and I just think about the practical realities of it, which is I have to buy a binder, and I have to. Um, I you know I kind of think have to think about my future at all times and like I have to think about exactly when I can um, indulge this sort of uh, proclivity of mine with with a friend. Um, whereas uh, Shuichi's not thinking about any of that. She's just thinking about like oh well. You know, what if I was a princess, and like what if everybody was the opposite of who they are, and all this stuff. And um, so she's she spent not enough time i guess thinking about the realities of it so it's, it's especially hard for her when she comes to school and it's, it's it's exactly like okay well what did you think would happen and uh you know takatsuki is sort of prepared for that and, and right, she's not right. yeah which honestly i, I right. think that right. running theme of takatsuki is pragmatic shuichi is a dreamer men winds up um you know there's there's a wonderful scene in the manga where it's it sort of contrast the two of them of Shuichi is dressing up in in her sister's clothing and admiring the looks and Takatsuki just kind of flops down on his bed and says I wish I had a dick and like it's this quiet fucking real moment and I love it but it also like spoilers for the manga um, Takatsuki doesn't decide to transition or continue to present as male at the end of the manga and the fact that he's coded as the pragmatic character really makes me angry (laughs) Right. 
Well, I mean, we, we had to kind of uh, come to terms with the fact like this is a this is a story written by a cis woman, and it is also I want to compare it sort of to it's not the same, but similar to Transparent, also made by a cis woman, in that. Um, Regardless of how accurate it does and doesn't get trans things, I think that one of the reasons it's sort of still enjoyable because it doesn't necessarily get those things right or whatever is because it's not actually necessarily 100% about the trans experience. It uses that both both Transparent and Wandering Sun use a trans character or the trans experience as like a center point for talking about a lot of different characters. And in the case of Wandering Sun, it's about adolescent romance and youth and finding your identity in a broad sense because it's like, so my least favorite character, Chiba, um, uh, features in the story, mm. <laughs> features in the story uh, just as heavily, and her struggles are her struggles just as a girl who feels unwanted um, are put, I think, uh, basically on the same level as as the trans characters' struggles, and so it really brings home like, oh, this mm. is not necessarily and in transparent uh, for those who haven't seen it, like Mora's uh, late stage transitioning is put on the same sort of level as the struggles of her. Um, narcissistic kids trying to find their place in um, in the world, and I think that that is a valid way of storytelling. It's just you kind of have to warn people. It's like, well, this isn't. It isn't really fair to say that this is this is a story about the trans experience. The trans experience is part of it, but it's not. But they are made by. They are both made, made by cis people, and they're more about like uh, a group of people living in the same place in the same emotional circumstances at the same time <laughs> in both cases. And so cool. it's like, you know, a uh, transparent is just as much about like, um, what's it like to be an orthodox, uh, a really well to do Orthodox Jew in Southern California. Like that's what that, a lot of what that story is about. And wandering sun is what is it like to be a middle school outcast in Japan? Like that's a lot of what's it about. So. Well, yes and no. Mm, right, I, yes, I, I yes. definitely think that's, forefront in the anime but i also think there's a deliberate sanding off of issues there a, a lot of what my trouble is with the anime is that it feels very much like it tried to forefront the middle school loved quadrangles as much as possible right. while while shunting the trans uh... issues that are more forefront in the manga into kind of window dressing until it can't anymore which is why that scene with shuichi coming to school in a skirt mm. feels very powerful where a lot of the anime doesn't and you know there are other cuts as well mm. like Ending I mean, I would the... disagree that the, that the anime doesn't feel powerful. I, I would say that it does. I would just say that, again, it, it is relying on you to relate to all of the emotional struggles these people are going through and not just the... It's not, it's not just about the trans... Uh, oh, yeah, no, certainly. I, I, I just... My point is more that the trans experience is... It, it is not the trans experience is still an elevated issue of central concern in the manga more so right. than the anime, which I think makes it more valid to say, "Well, you did some of this bad." Mm. Right. I, I I believe you. I yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But but no. Yeah. And I think uh, Kayla, I'd be interested in, in seeing where you stand with the two adaptations since you've seen them both. Oh sure. Um. Well, this is <laughs> with the caveat that um, again, I haven't read the manga in. Uh, I guess it's been a few years. I've I've skimmed over a few chapters in preparation for this podcast, but um, I, I do certainly hold the manga closer to my heart than I do the anime. Um, and I, I do think that, I mean, of course, there's so much more space, but even so, um, I think in the same amount of, uh, in one volume of the manga, uh, I think there's quite a bit more nuance and subtlety in addressing um, these these sorts of issues than there was in the the anime, um, but I I don't know it's it's very difficult to sort of place one above the other since the anime was my you know, initial time seeing trans characters yeah. in an anime yeah, that aren't 
uh, portrayed like hugely in a problematic way. It, it's fair. Um, it's one of those things that I'm very glad this exists. I wish you know, it's one of the, when it is rare. It, this rare, you end up heaping all of the expectations on the one thing that exists, the one imperfect thing. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I will say though that uh, the while it could have been, I guess, a bit more definite, the end of the manga did make me very happy in that it did seem to be implying that uh, Shuichi was going to go forward with transition and not, um, yeah, she, you know, she... fall to the, the the whims of society. And uh, that that <laughs> that panel between her and Anna where Shuichi says, uh, Anna, I want to be a girl. And she simply responds, I guess that makes me a lesbian. Oh, um, it's so good. It's, right. it's really <laughs> just sort of touching and and sweet and gave me a, a much uh, mm. more concrete sense of finality as in, yes, okay, this, mm. I, I feel a little bit better about loving this series so much than the end of the anime, which was very sort of uh, gray, I guess, and yeah. left mm. left room for people to interpret it as, oh, well, these two kids were going through a phase or, you know, something terrible like that. I don't know. I, I, I didn't get the impression from the anime that they were going through a phase. It was that um, it was it was just a sort of a Japanese uh, ethos or Japanese thing of like, this is real. Like, this is who they are, but they might have to give it up. And that's sad. It's Mono no Oware. It's, you know, oh, it's oh, no, this is temporary. And that's sad. Um, but and at the same time, I, I, I don't. Um, uh, What's her uh, Takatsuki um, wasn't really in the forefront, so they didn't really settle on what he wanted to do with his future. But for Shuichi, it did really it pointed similar to what I'm hearing from the manga, in that it's like, well, I think maybe she's going to try to commit to this for life. It's it, what she had to put aside was the idea of being a perfect, beautiful girl. It's just like, oh, I think because the way the, the anime ends, because I just now revisited for the podcast, is that is that the um is that the, uh, she has to make a wish on a shooting star, and she's been wishing over and over for this whole thing, like, I want my voice to stop changing, I want to become a girl. And she stops wishing that for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the wish she replaces with is not like, oh, I, I don't care about that. It's, I want the play to go well, I want to be able to take care of myself. I want so And all of that doesn't preclude, it doesn't, like, oh, so I'm just going to throw this gender transition thing out of the, because the play that, that they're doing is a statement of purpose for her. She is coming out and saying, I am a girl, it's the name of the play. But it's not, like... Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's just an acknowledgement that this will be hard work and that it's not, she has to face reality in, in, in all the potential ugliness of it. Um, and I think that that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's valid as well. I, I, my point is that I didn't, uh, I didn't find the anime saying that this was vague or that this was a phase or anything like that. It was just saying, like, this isn't, it's, it's not playtime. Basically, it's, it's allowed to be playtime in the anime, which is very soft. There's not a lot of adverse, adversity. Like, they have this wonderful group of friends that's very supportive of them, which I, I liked, um, that it's not about mm. bullying them for mm. being trans or whatever with it, which is, is apparently happened more in middle, in, excuse me, elementary school, which is not explored by the anime. But that yeah. they had this wonderful supportive group of friends and that it's like this, basically this safe garden where they're able to flourish and that I think what the anime ends with is that this this is temporary like you can't expect the rest of the world to be like that but it's nice to have it while it exists but I don't think it was saying that it was a phase I think it was saying that this uh this lack of adversity to them being trans was a phase but not that they are um was the impression that I got from the anime and and the impression that I got from the director when I uh when I interviewed him as well Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I'm certainly bringing a, a very Western perspective to this. Um, 
So I, I think it's quite possible that I uh, misinterpreted some things. Well, I think that there is room in the middle because on the one hand, y- yes, uh, you know, the adversity, I-, I think that's a valid reading, but also at the same time, there are there are things like, uh, you know, Chi-chan, uh, Chi-chan's friend pulls her away from Shuichi after Shuichi comes to school as a girl and says, nobody wants you to, you know, you shouldn't be seen with this freak. And then in the manga, there's an additional scene where you find out that they fought about that and that Chi-chan makes this dramatic statement that she is this girl wants to stand by her trans friend. And like little grace notes like that, I think, are important as this sort of supportive thing when you're teaching some when yeah to a certain extent with a show about that that includes this much representation you are teaching the majority audience and i feel to an extent that especially if that stuff is in the source material it's important to bring it over right yeah that's that's very true i i think once again this comes to a to, to a tone difference more that i think that the um the intended tone of the original is just to explore um, is is not to explore the trans experience, which can, you can see is definitely as a flaw. It's it's just to explore this like temporary point in middle school where, uh, you know, before the realities of life set in for everybody, and it's not and it's not just focused only on the trans characters, which is so. <laughs> that's definitely a problem if you're if you're trying to see this as a as a, a show that's intended to broaden people's understanding of of transness, but uh, I don't think it was ever trying to be that. So that can be definitely. You can see that as, as, as a flaw on all on its own, or you can say, well, it did well for what it was trying to do, or, or whatever the case may be. But definitely, of I mean, of the trans stories that have spoke to me most, like Wandering Sun is a very enjoyable story, but it actually didn't... The, the things that, uh, that it spoke to me on weren't really on a transgender level. It was more like on a general emotional level. Mm-hmm. Stuff that spoke to me more as a trans man or as just as a trans person... Um, has not really been Wandering Sun. It's been other types of story. I would say Revolutionary Girl Utena, actually, if you're, if you're talking tro- solely about anime stuff, spoke to me more uh, about uh, about a uh, gender transgression experience solely than, um, than Wandering Sun did, because, and th- that's only speaking about the anime. I'm sure if I read the manga, I would feel very differently about it. No one talks about the Utena. Manga. That's that's not a. Well, no, I meant the show. I'd never read. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, no, yeah. I've read a little bit of it, but you know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Just uh, sorry, Matt. You've been wanting to say something. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, um, this gets back to what Fry uh, was saying about this being the only one out there, and so it has to. It has. It has to be all things to all people, which it just can't. Um, so. I'm actually curious to know how how Western trans people reacted to this because I, I know that in Japan there was there was on the one hand uh, amongst trans people um, in Japan there was this feeling oh great we're finally being represented but but it's also all these mm-hmm. problems with the way we're being represented and also we're being represented by someone who's not one of us mm-hmm. um, so there was that there was that ambivalence and I was I. I'm wondering if if part of the reason for the low sales is that is that it just simply didn't speak to a lot of trans people who 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 may see trans the trans experiences as for one thing a very political thing which few few in Japan it hasn't quite gotten to that point yet I mean it might be getting there but but um there's there's it's a, it's a big political debate in the U.S., for example, mm-hmm. in, in a way that it's not in Japan. And so I think for a lot of people who are used to very nuanced, you know, debates about trans issues, it might seem extraordinarily oversimplified. 
Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, it's certainly, politically speaking, a very large issue in the U.S., but trans depictions in fiction are still remarkably rare. So I think there there is sort of a similar thing. I, I know oh, a lot of particularly trans men, trans masculine people had a really hard time with the manga because they really liked um, Takatsuki and, and were disappointed that, uh, you know, in America, I think the biggest difference is that this concept of gender fluidity, um, gender queerness being between things that I don't yeah. think is a point yeah. so much in, in Japanese understanding. You know, they were hoping that Takatsuki's character yeah. would at least go in that direction and to have uh, it sort of end on yeah. a note of, oh, but yeah, I am a girl though, which is valid. Some, 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 you know, some adolescents do grow up that way. But when it, that representation is so rare, it's disappointing to be told, "Ah, you're gonna turn out cis," though. Right. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't even say that it's that's uh, that it's a that it's a uh, Western gender fluidity thing because yeah, as a as a binary uh, trans person, that's Western. Like to hear that the manga ends that way for Takatsuki is bullshit. So <laughs> I would say it's, it's some super and, bullshit. And so, but you know, and that that makes me happy that the anime ends where it does, so I never have to have to get to that point with, her, <laughs> with him. But you know, well, of course, of course, gender fluidity is a thing in Japan, and maybe mm -hmm. if 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 this had been like if she had started and ended this two years, you know, later, uh, it might have it might have gone in a more nuanced direction because a lot more gender fluid people are are speaking up in Japan in a way that maybe they weren't at the time when when she was doing this. Mm, yeah, I'd love if you have any more stories to tell about uh, the responses of Japanese readers, particularly, uh, you know, trans and because that's something I, I think it's so rare, especially because of the language barrier for those of us in the West who wants to know about the Japanese trans experience, but are just kind of, we don't mm. know. Yeah. Well, one one thing is that, and this is still, I mean, in, in it seems that in America it's it's a it's a settled issue that that so if someone is transitioned that then you when you refer to them bef before they transition you still use the same uh, you know that their the pronouns that they identify as now mm -hmm. so you don't you don't say uh, you don't you don't say she used to be a boy you you don't that that's not done in the US or it shouldn't be done in the US. But in Japan, it's still really common to hear uh, trans people say that, like, uh, I used to be a boy or I used to be a girl, um, or be talking about becoming a boy, becoming a girl. And and you see that a lot in this book. And in fact, in, you know, the blurbs, the blurbs are all a boy who wants to be a girl and a girl who wants to be a boy, which is uh, you know, right there, you've got it's problematic, but but in Japan, this kind of thinking is still really common, and it's not seen it's not seen as as a big issue, as far as I can tell, even in the trans community. Mm -hmm. uh, probably one reason is that we just don't we don't often use third person pronouns, so it's possible to talk about people or write about people, you know, pages and pages without once using referring to their to their gender in in the form of a pronoun mm -hmm. so maybe it's just not a, such a i don't know i don't know well it, it also used to be that way in the u.s as well um uh, certainly during the early 90s a lot of trans women would refer to themselves as uh I, first of all mm -hmm. I, i'm going to say a dirty word here but you know the t word i guess i'm not going to say it out loud in case it bothers people but um that didn't used to mm -hmm. be a dirty word it used to be a word that um both 
drag queens and uh, trans women sort of were with pride briefly um, because it was seen as reclaiming mm-hmm. a slur. Um, but it's not, uh, but, mm-hmm. but that was also just in defiance of, um, defiance of what was available to people. And so that it was, it was more common for the people to say, oh, well, I used to be a man or I used to be a woman and um, all that sort of thing, uh, mm-hmm. even within the, the gay community and within the trans community. Because that's mm. just kind of what was available mm. to people, and I think that that's also right. Right. Um, right. When you can when you can get the world to to like respect you to such mm. an extent that they are willing to take into account your past as an yeah. invalid thing for you emotionally, etc. Like that's mm-hmm. a big step in um, in uh, awareness yeah. and respect and stuff like that. That I think that um, you know communities adapt with what is you know what is available to them, and and right, I think right, that that's right. a large part of it as well. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely what when I I mentioned earlier that there's a lot in the uh, anime in particular about performance means clothes, and it reminded me very much of the drag scene in the U.S. in the you know 70s and 80s, where there is identity is so ignored that show you know the the sort of showing of clothing is is the most visible element that that you have mm. at hand. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually wondered if that is a because that that is something trans people in the US are still fighting against is this idea that if you are trans it means you transitioned uh, otherwise you're right, right. And, and i wondered to what where uh, the japanese trans community is with that well there's certainly this idea that if you're uh, if you're trans then well obviously you're going to transition you're going to do all of these medical procedures um uh which is something that as a non-transitioning person I face, uh, you know, a lot, both, I think, in America and in Japan, too, uh, as an expectation. Sure, sure. Which is bullshit, and I give, uh, you know, my heartfelt sympathies to you. <laughs> it's, it really sucks. It does. It does. But it is what it is. Yeah, sure. And you mentioned, uh, you know, that, that issue of... Uh, before and after and sort of uh, personal pronoun usage. So you wanted to talk about the issue of how you decided mm. to translate pronouns and how people are referred to in the manga. How did yeah. you, how did, how was that decision? Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I, uh, I talked about this the other day, um, uh, but uh in, in in Japanese, it's it's not so much the third person pronouns, but the the uh, first person pronouns, and also the honorifics, the gendered honorifics. You know, calling Takatsuki Takatsuki Kun. Uh, 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 it was I think originally in, the kids intended it as a sort of a joke because Takatsuki Kun is is so boyish, um, and and what's interesting is that Nitori Kun does not ever once complained about being called Nitori-kun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then again, as, you know, as Jacob pointed out, Nitori-kun always has her head in the clouds. And, and the, uh, I mean, uh, it's really fun to see, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off track here, but it's no, really no, fun please. to see her, her gr- grow, grow as a person because she grows really slowly. Mm-hmm. But, she, but she's actually really stubborn. You know, she, she does not ever give in and say, okay, forget it. I'm not going to do this. This, 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 this is just a nightmare, which I think a lot of trans people do. Uh, they, they like, you know, I, it's better to be in the closet. I, I mean, you've, there was a essay that was going around 
uh, I'm glad I didn't come out kind of essay going around a few mm-hmm. couple of years ago. But oh, I think that's true for a lot of people. But but Nitorikun is, is she? Yeah, she's she's dippy, but <laughs> she's but she's also like persistent to the end. You know, it's like okay, I'm doing this, and and she does it. You know, in her own quiet quiet way. It's really interesting to see her as kind of a foil to uh, to Mako-chan, who is probably my favorite character. Mm-hmm. This this uh, oh god, I love <laughs> Mako-chan who over overthinks everything. Right? Yeah, it's just and and yet at the same time has probably the most accepting coming out. Realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And and also just that issue of really hit close to home for me is that her whole thing is, I mean it's kind of informed because the art style is so uniformly cute, but she worries about, you know, I'm, mm. I'm chubby. I wear glasses. Mm. I have freckles. I'm not cute. I can't pass well. Mm. Right. I, I think that, um, she's actually right, my favorite right. character in the, in the whole thing. Oh, she's uh, very good. In, because, mm. uh, because she's, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think my favorite scene well, in the, smart. in the, in the show, at least the most memorable one is the one where she demands that, um, uh, Nitori, which you again is just not thinking about the realities of this. It's just like, oh, well, I'm a girl. Wouldn't it be nice to think about being a princess? And she's like, no, no, your voice is going to change. Come here. Like, we're going to require our voices for posterity, and we have to do it in dresses. And she's like, oh, why yeah, do we yeah. have to yeah. do it in dresses? And she's like, it's this, it's the principle of the thing, you know. And she, it's a shame because I feel like if she had the, um, if she if she had the looks that um, Nitori was blessed with. Uh, uh, excuse me, Shuichi, I have that right, Shuichi Nitori, mm. um, was blessed with, the, like, that she could go pretty far, but she's just so, um, so, I guess, undercut and so, mm. so self-conscious uh, about how she looks and sounds, mm-hmm. and, it, you know, it really yeah. isn't fair, but I think that's sort of the point, is that it's not particularly fair. Uh, yeah, and she's the one yeah, who also exactly, has, yeah, yeah. like, very pronounced feminine gestures, like, she talks with her hands a lot more than Shuichi does. I can, like it, it feels mm. like she's studied what it is to be feminine because she feels like she has this extra roadblock in her way. Yeah, my yes, heart. Yes. I pro- probably, mm, probably, I think probably most trans people see more of themselves in Mako-chan than in, <laughs> in Nitori or even maybe Takatsuki. Weirdly enough, I was gonna say like I well, that was my perception watching it. Is I was I was like I think probably a lot of of trans women might relate more to. To, and that was just my 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 impression. Uh, might relate more to her because she like cares about it, and she's and she she can't stop thinking about it. And like anybody who's aware that who's like who's mm. come, kind of come out of the egg and aware they're trans, like that you know you, mm. you think about it all the time if you can't have it. Out yet. of the egg. And um, yeah, and yeah, Notori yeah. doesn't want to think about it. And I, weirdly, so I I, want, I wanted to bring this up. Like of all the characters whose trans experience I related to most, it was actually Notori who is who is I think, but not for the reasons that. Uh, that probably the author intended, um, mm-hmm. because Notori is is sort mm. of a is sort of a fantasy. Notori is sort of sort of a fantasy in in that mm. um, in in how pretty she is and how much she's uh, how pure of a soul she is. You know, it's it's a little bit of a and, and every mm. every girl is in love with her and you know, uh, mm. you know it it, it makes sense <laughs> right. that she's sort of a she's sort of a protagonist fantasy. But however, um, but I related to her most in terms of transness because when I was a kid, that's how I felt. I didn't come to, ter- probably because I was so sheltered. I was sheltered from a lot of pop culture and a lot of um, mm. uh, things that, that uh, I, I had no idea what trans people were until I was way too old to, to not have known, like when I was like 16 or 17 probably. Mm. Uh, I didn't even know what, uh, what mm. it was. So, um, because I had, it was in a very conservative upbringing, um, 
my uh, mm. my perception of my transness was just like, well, of course I'm a boy. I don't understand why this is a why this is a problem for anybody. And I, but but even then, like when it was like, oh, to- I was told, oh no, you're a girl, and this sort of thing. I didn't rebel against it. I wasn't always thinking about it. I was just like, oh okay, uh, all right. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to act like one, I guess. Like, but I didn't. I wasn't always resenting it. I didn't think about it. I just hung out with boys, and I just did sort of whatever I wanted, and they let me do whatever I wanted. And um, <laughs> I didn't think of my name as my name was almost sort of kind of gender neutral, and it wasn't a name that literally anybody else around me had, so I never thought about that. But um, mm. I didn't start feeling actual gender gender uh, dysphoria until puberty. And then I just became uh, an angry, temperamental monster. But we never see Natori get to that point. And I think that I think that if we saw right. if Natori was a real character, and I think if we saw her get to that point, that that if, uh, which I I know we did the manga, but like um, in a, in a real life setting, if that had happened, that uh, that's when Natori would find anger that she didn't know she possessed. Because it's like, oh no, this is real. I thought this was just all sort of. <laughs> I thought this was all just sort of like dumb rules people made up for each other because I didn't know anything about sex education or anything like that. I didn't know. So, uh, you know. Well, I'd like to know what the uh, I'd like to know what the other people who read the manga think because I think she did like uh, once once she went to school in the dress and and had that traumatic experience. I think from there she has a lot of anger, but she's so passive aggressive <laughs> that she she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't like come straight out and say I'm angry or throw things. She but she expresses it in in really passive aggressive ways and 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 the fact that she's persistent to the end she's like like she never says you know you know fuck you i'm going to do what i want she but she does it that's what she does what what, what i would like to know what Brian and and Kayla think so. Kayla please go ahead oh sure um i completely agree with you matt um i i certainly do remember there being just this um it, it seems like she has uh, discomfort involving anger, uh, like direct anger, at least. Um, I think that directness in general is really difficult for for Shu. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do have this distinct feeling. Uh, I can't remember anything specifically, but um, I, I do remember uh, noting that she was very sort of subversively angry and sort of like maybe even a little bit nasty sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it it, it yeah. certainly makes her an interesting yeah. foil to uh to Saurine, who I actually kind of have an incredible amount of sympathy for because I was that shitty middle schooler. I was absolutely <laughs> that that I'm not angry that I've been rejected. I just hate everything and I'm smarter than all of you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Saurine Saurine has has a huge fan base. She has a huge fan base in Japan. I don't know about in the that does not surprise world, me. Even there are a lot of it. like she's she's like I don't know if you guys have read yeah. a silent or seen a silent voice, but um, not yet, sadly. I can't <laughs> remember the character's name, but Saori is the equivalent of that character who is like the only one not going along with. Let's all be friends with the. Oh, they also girl. they have the same haircut as well, they which do, is a little and, bit eerie. It, and it is it is one hundred percent a thing that Japanese and I think Japanese. Uh, fans glom onto because it's because it's basically assertive it's extremely assertive extreme femininity mm. i guess which i think is why um but uh but for me i i both characters i don't i i'm almost allergic to passive aggression i not, yeah i'm straight up allergic to, to passive aggression so i so i hate those kinds of characters but i understand why they have such big fan bases in in japan because it's like oh she's just she's like more feminine than i could ever be but also like extremely assertive and gets what she, you know gets what she's 
and even if she doesn't get what she wants, and both characters don't really get what they want, but you know. Sure. Does she also mean so well, like in, in offering um, Nitori the the dresses, and does not understand why this might be a right. deeply uncomfortable thing? Like, here I'm giving you the thing you want. Why aren't you? Why are you upset with me? Just, right. Oh, this shitty right, kid. Right. It's true, and she's she's so um, cruel to Takatsuki, but it's it's sort of understandable. I, I definitely don't want to excuse it, but um, I mean, that's one thing I find really interesting about this series is just that uh, I think like Jacob touched on earlier, or, or Matt, I'm sorry, I forget who uh, mentioned this, but there really isn't a, a villain. It's just a bunch of people who have a bunch of different perspectives who want different things. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as much as, you know, as much as I've talked about this as a manga and anime about transness, it is also probably the most accurate to my middle school experience of an anime that I've ever watched. Mm. So it it does succeed <laughs> in that. Mm. Just Yeah. Just awkward And even teens. that even that boy who who I I, I it's just embarrassing because as a translator I should remember all these, but I I've forgotten the name of the boy who who is who is the closest thing to a villain, at uh, least for the first, doy. you know, for a big chunk of the of the series. Um, uh, yeah. what's, uh, what's his name? Doi. Uh, his his psychology is really complicated too. You know, Doi, he has yeah. his own. Mm-hmm. He has his own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's in love with with Nitori, with 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 Shuichi, but he he just doesn't know how to process it. So. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. one of it's it's kind of it is kind of like Utena where it's like oh some of you are very awful but you still have time to grow out of this and become like actual compassionate empathetic adults. Yeah, I, I wanted to say like I I definitely related to it uh, when I said I related to it more generally emotionally than on a trans level. I I definitely meant that like oh this is very true to middle school experience and how these kids kind of acted. Well, I mean, maybe they're a little more grown up than a lot of middle schoolers I remember but like optimistically <laughs> optimistically this is how uh, this is how middle school kind of was and how people thought and, and stuff like that so I related to that more and on that level more than I did the trans aspect just because so little time is spent with Tchaikovsky oh. and and the other the, the inaccuracies that mm-hmm. follow from uh, Shimura writing it the way she did yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which is you know which, which that's too bad I, I, I have to watch the anime now but it's very but, uh, pretty. It's too bad because Takatsuki is also a really a rich character. You know, she has a lot of anger, and she she expresses her anger a lot. But uh, it's T- Takatsuki's scenes yeah. as an elementary schooler were what I mourned losing more than anything because th- those kind of very young inklings. I feel like even even if the author was kind of stumbling around in the dark, she she hit some real good points mm-hmm. there. Yeah, well, she has a knack for for just you know conveying subtleties of human you know emotions and, and relationships and that's uh, to me that's really Shimura's thing is she can draw express the most subtle <laughs> the most subtle sort of complicated feeling with with just a drawing you know a single drawing and it, her drawings aren't even you know that complicated I, I I wouldn't be surprised if she's kind of you know taking a break now that because you Wandering Sun was such an enormous undertaking, but it has been four years now. Is she working on something else? Yeah, she well, she she ended both of them quite abruptly. I think is she working on something now? I think she is. I think she may have just recently started something. Um, I could check it, but I I don't. I don't it is interesting know. that the. But the... I guess she. I guess she's. Well, it is interesting to me that the director of the show, A. Aoki, like, when I talked to him, like, 
all the stuff that he does normally is, uh, you know, he did Fate Zero and like uh, right now he's doing Recreators oh. and Old Noah's here and stuff like that, where it's just this big explosive action stuff. But like he was very adamant that the things that he like really really likes the most and wants to do are not even shoujo. It's just he said Takako Shimura's work. I want to adapt more of her work, and he said I wish. Oh I wow, that she does more things. Oh, and what Wandering Sun sticks out mm. in his in his filmography. It sticks out. It's like wait, you did all this like. Um, Zack Snyder esque. I, I use that word because that's because that's <laughs> what he says he makes. He's sure. like, you know, Zack Snyder esque action fantasy, and then um, uh, with the, the sort of cold color palette and the UFO table sort of uh, production values. And I, and and it's like, but you want to make Shimura's manga? He said, yeah, Shimura's manga. He's because uh, the reason that he likes it so much, even though he's not like a lesbian or a trans person, is that he. Um, related to the way that people express themselves emotionally in in that time of life in middle school so that's why he loved it so much and, mm. I, and I asked him like did you I, I asked him what his I asked him this before he knew that I was trans because I decided to just come out to this guy because what do I get to lose because um, <laughs> I was I was you know I passed mm. at the point at that point it doesn't matter so but but I was talking to him I said well did you do any research on trans people to to do this story have you ever met somebody who's trans he said no and he and he, he said no because I um I, I wanted to just see it as these characters as basically as they express themselves emotionally and and as that he said i didn't i didn't look into uh the realities of being trans he said because that's not really what the story was about so i just decided to make it as true to these characters emotionally as they were written as possible so i asked him i said well so you've never met a trans person who's seen it and what their opinion was he said no i said well now you have and then i told him (laughs) but but when i told him i was wondering and so i was wondering if he would be shocked if if it would bother him like i have no idea what this guy's fucking political leanings Mm. are sorry if the f-bomb but um you know go for it but his but his reaction was extremely like flattered and he was like well did did you like it was it you know and, and i didn't i didn't go into detail because i just and you're not gonna go into detail telling the director what you did and didn't like a thing about a thing mm-hmm. i just i told him that it was good and it was <laughs> right, really right. validated. but he seemed very touched by that and he didn't seem bothered that i was trans or anything like uh, like that it was so uh that was a nice experience to get to have was to like tell this guy well you know uh, I didn't tell him it wasn't Neat, perfect, yeah. but like you know, <laughs> no, uh, sure, you know, th- sure. this this impact that this thing that you made has an impact on the real people whose lives it reflects, you know, and so you know that it was good and that I liked mm. it. It's but, yeah, definitely he, better. He, he, he I, seemed, I think what he, he seemed what very he said interested is, is in legitimate. Yeah. He seemed very interested in in it being. Uh, uh, good uh, from the perspective of a trans person, which that was all I needed. Was like, oh, he cares about this, and he's not like weirded out by it. Right. right. Yeah. Mm. He. Uh, he. I assume he wasn't involved. He wasn't the director of uh, uh, Sweet Blue Flowers, was he? No, I don't. No. He didn't get that one. He ah, wanted to well. apparently. So. Oh, next time. Next time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Where the hell is I going? It, it's certainly a better. That I, I am glad that it exists rather than to have it not exist at all. I, I want it to be there imperfectly than non-existent. Right. Right. Well, let's let's hope that let's hope that we get more <laughs> more and more <laughs> representation out there. But, and preferably by people who who uh, you know Yeah, I mean representing themselves. One one keeps hoping. Kayla, what were you going to say? Oh, I was yeah. just going to say um, going back to what the director said about wanting to convey the emotionality of the characters as accurately as possible, um, that did result in some really sort of uh, stunning moments here and there in the show. I I always especially like to note the end of the first episode when 
uh, Maho walks in on Shuichi wearing her clothes and then sort of rips them off of her. Mm. And then Shuichi just has this gorgeously animated running mm. scene through uh, the town at night. And uh, there are these sort of really well-timed cuts to different people sort of staring at her as she's running. Um, and just in the middle of this uh, anxiety attack, she comes across uh, Yoshino. And uh, just the emotionality of that scene is orchestrated so, so well. And um, I think there are oh. moments like that where it's, uh, it's very valuable to have these scenes animated and with a soundtrack. Uh, Claire de Lune was an excellent choice to, to have there. It's, it's, it is definitely an anime that can frame a scene well. I look forward to seeing, um, I, I feel like there are more, uh, I, I believe that right now there's a manga with a trans male, uh, it's a basketball manga and there's a trans male character in it. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but it is, um, it's an all-girls basketball team and one of them is, is trans male and they're not, they don't bury the lead on that, it's not waffly, yeah. like, straight up, they just sort of say that. And so that's interesting, and mm. I feel like, uh, you know, that the, these this stuff has been burgeoning more, I've seen more LGBT representation in anime in the past two years than I've seen in the previous eight, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so that's interesting, so I feel like, at the very least, artists are yeah. interested in these issues. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like it, it took them it took them an entirely seri- uh, an entire TV series to get around to it, but I was really impressed with what the Tiger and Bunny crew did with Nathan in uh, The Rising. Like that was a really excellent mm. exploration of gender fluidity. Fluidity that was good. Yes. So this stuff is, mm. is out there slowly. Yeah, Come. I've got to give a shout out to uh, Rui Ninomiya from Gachamon Crowds as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's not hopeless. It's just slow and you know I, I feel like this this anime and manga certainly deserve you know every every rep piece of representation is somebody's first I guess to bastardize a Stan Lee quote <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and you know we're, we're getting on to about an hour now but if, if you guys have any last any issues that we didn't cover that you'd like to bring up please please do um, I wonder if you're aware of it hasn't been translated i'd really like to translate it uh a manga called uh shimanami tasogare which is tasogare means like the twilight shimanami is a is the name of a, an area a mm-hmm. town shimanami uh twilight and it's uh it's by a uh non-binary uh uh artist named uh kamatami kamatani yuki <clears throat> and um they the, the the story has a lot of different characters but it starts with with a boy who who is exposed as gay he's a high school boy he's exposed as gay when his friends find out that he's been looking at gay porn on on his smartphone mm-hmm. and it starts with him getting ready to jump off of a, a building and kill himself and uh and this interesting uh woman comes along and basically sort of rescues him uh uh, by by making him curious about who she is, and and it she runs this this strange little sort of gathering place, this this where where people who don't fit in all accumulate, and and uh, one of the characters introduced in the second volume is a uh, is a apparently trans uh, character, but again a, a really young, like I think uh, like twelve years old or something like that. Hmm. Uh, 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 a, a assigned at birth uh, male 
who uh, identifies as a as a girl. And this is probably the first the first time that I I can think of where where actual an actual trans person is is talking about this or or portraying this. Uh, the other the other cases I can think of are are, are just like like straight up sort of essay manga, mm -hmm. uh, like I'm I'm you know I transitioned and here's how how it went, and uh, you know these essay manga tend to be, well frankly not not so great as manga <laughs> you know not well drawn <laughs> not terribly, but uh, I mean they're interesting to read as as essays but as as works of fiction you know it's a, but but so Shimanami Tasugari is. It's, it's only two volumes so far, but I'm really interested to see how how uh, how the author goes. Yeah, no. If if you could get the rights and to translate that, to see it in English. I, I think a lot of people would be super interested in reading it. You know, so I'll I'll have my fingers crossed. Yeah, because for, you. It, it, for one thing, it's yeah, it's a, it's a much more realistic portrayal of of the reality for a lot of LGBT et cetera folks uh, in mm -hmm. Japan right now. But it's it's a, actually it's really a hot time <laughs> for LGBT issues in Japan. Just the last like six years or so, it's just like it's just taken off. Uh, awareness is really skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah. The the you've got at least the, one prefecture of uh, of marriage equality now. That's right, 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 right. So so it's become a big issue, and we're and we're we're going to see more of these. So so we won't have to like you know. Uh, spend the next 10 years going over the problems with Wandering Sun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so there will, there will be more on the way. Uh, Kayla, Jacob, did you have anything more you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think I touched on pretty much uh, everything that I was interested in seeing, but I've had a really wonderful time. I'm, I'm so glad. It's, it's been really great. Jacob? Uh, no, that's, uh, that's about it. I am interested, <clears throat> I am interested on, uh, Matt's perspective on how, not just, uh, things, things like the, the legal aspect of it, but how awareness of and, and, um, tolerance mm -hmm. of LGBT issues are going in Japan, because it, again, from, from the West, just getting, like, anime and, and J-pop and stuff like that over here, like, it's, mm -hmm. it seems to be moving very fast, just, that's all we get, and, and, and from that alone, it's like, is this a hot issue right now? Because it's, it's just coming up way more than it, than it ever used to, but yeah. It I mean, is, we, it is a hot issue, I think, although, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of an activist myself, so, so my, my perspective may be distorted, but, but, uh, I think it's a big issue. Every, just about everybody now actually knows the, the phrase LGBT. Um, I mean, they yeah. misuse it all the time, saying like, "Oh, that person is LGBT." Uh, as an LGBT person, I, I really wanted to um, up, applaud you, I guess, because as I understand from reading, there's a uh, there's not there's not really government funding for advocacy groups uh, in Japan in the same way that there is in the U.S. Or has that changed? Mm. Or, but it's it's a lot of motivated individuals more. Wait, 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 wait. There's there's government funding for advocacy groups in America? N nonprofits and that kind of thing, yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's there's none of that. No. <laughs> um, but but advocacy has really taken off in the last 6 years. Uh, I mean, you can really there's there's a one point that you can trace it to and that was the uh, the wedding at Tokyo Disneyland of my friends uh, Hiroko and uh, and um, um, Koyuki uh, who were allowed to 
to have a wedding ceremony at Tokyo Disneyland in, in dresses, both of them in dresses. And it was picked up by the media like crazy. Mm. And, uh, and they're, I mean, they're both really good looking, which helped, you know, if they'd been like, been, you know, not so good looking, it would, it would not have been happening. But, and then they went on to become really serious activists. Um, uh, of course, with any activism, you've got, you've got infighting about, about the tales, but, uh, but it's good to see that it's gotten to the point where you've got so many different viewpoints within the the advocacy you know community oh it's, so it has taken off yeah yeah that's that's great um well i'm thank thanks to all three of you for being on with me today i'd love to talk to you again sometime uh hopefully on a future thank podcast you. i don't know what but it's been a delight <laughs> really happy to be here yeah thanks for having us on yeah, um, and for, for having us. thank you for you listeners out there. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, you can always pitch us a dollar on Patreon.com/slash/AnimeFeminist. That's what pays the bills, pays our editors and contributors, and pays our editor for this podcast. You can also find more of our content at AnimeFeminist.com, on Twitter at AnimeFeminist, and on Facebook at AnimeFem. And until next time, take care of yourselves out there. Bye.